Remain standing. Take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 19. Luke 19, special message for today. I had anticipated and prepared to preach the next message in a new series out of the book of Joshua entitled Crossing Rivers and Taking Cities. But as I closed in my time of preparation, the Lord said, you're not preaching that. I thought, awesome. What am I preaching? He says, well, I'm not going to tell you until you wake up tomorrow morning early and pray in the spirit for about an hour, then I'll tell you. And I thought, okay. So I got up early and I prayed in the spirit. And, uh, you know, a quarter of about 45 minutes goes by. And I'm kind of in the word, praying in the spirit, enjoying fellowship. You know, it's almost an hour goes by. You know, it's like 59 minutes. I'm like, okay, uh, what am I? And at an hour, the Lord said, you're doing this. And I thought, oh. Awesome. You know, we want him to come early, but he doesn't always come early. He's an on-time God. So here we go. On this Palm Sunday, Luke chapter 19. And I've not passed out notes on purpose so that I might have the liberty to move as the Spirit would move me and not be hemmed in by notes that sometimes happens. Verse 28, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called Mount of Olivet. He sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're untying it, say, the Lord has Need of it, verse 32, and those who were sent ahead went and found it just as Jesus had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks along the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices. What kind? Loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Verse 38, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And he approached Jerusalem. As he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. And he said, if you even you had known on this day. On what day? On this day, what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when the enemies build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. And they'll dash you to ground, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Oh God, move in power as you did in the first service and even a greater way, I pray now in the second. Give us living understanding the moments that remain in this service, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you'll take your Bibles, please, if I can teach you something that's rather profound. And upon first seeing this years ago, 
it just further solidified the understanding and the truth that God's word is just that. God's word is God's word. It's not written by a man as you would perceive it. It is written by men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as the Spirit moved them along. It is absolutely a supernatural book and in fact, the word of God. It is God's word. And when you study ancient manuscripts and that which we have about our history that we call, especially ancient history, that we call as absolutely accurate and true, they don't even come close. Most of the things that we study in school, though they're trying to change history, they're trying to rewrite history, trying to write God out of history in public schools and many of them. You study ancient, ancient, ancient history, manuscripts that are the closest to those those dates, like the Gallic Wars, we just take them as truth. When in actual fact, the Bible that you hold in your hand is more accurate than just about any other ancient history that we have. It is amazing. We have manuscripts that come very close to the actual dates of them happening. And in Daniel chapter 9, you can turn there if you would, we find a timetable. It's an interesting timetable at that. In this timetable, we see a start and a finish and a declaration of when Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, would be revealed. So an angel comes, appears to the prophet Daniel, and tells him, here's when the Savior's coming. And he tells him the date. That's kind of impressive. Look at Daniel chapter 9, verse 25. And this is what it says. And know this, from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes. There will be seven sevens, that's 49, 62 sevens, that's 434. Let's just stop. If you would take your Bibles, please, and turn now to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 2 on the screen, my beloved brother. Nehemiah 2, it, it gives us the starting date of when that stopwatch of history would be begun. Nehemiah chapter 2. You all there say amen. And it's the date when the decree is given. How are we doing? We almost there at Nehemiah 2. It's the date when the decree is given and it came to pass in the month of Nisan. Well, that's interesting. Guess what month we're in? Absolutely right. In the 12th year of King, I can't say his name. Verse 2. Therefore the king said to me, why is your face sad? It goes on. It gives in Nehemiah the exact stopwatch start date. And the stopwatch start date is when the king, the Persian king says, go to Jerusalem and rebuild. That's when the stopwatch starts. And so you count off these years given to Daniel. And what you find is that uh, the date is April 6th in our month and calendar, A.D. 32. 32 A.D. So what happens is if you do the math, and a, and a great scholar years ago figured it out, of when the Messiah would ride into Jerusalem. So you know what day that was? We're reading about it here in, in Luke chapter 19. It was a specific day. In fact, Jesus said, if you had only known this day, 
the day of your visitation. He's not saying some ambiguous day. He's talking about the day that Daniel prophesied about. And when you do the math of the book of Daniel and put it all together, you, you get to see when the Messiah actually was revealed. And it's right here in this text. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Turn to Zechariah 9. Zechariah 9, we see being fulfilled right here. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. Who? Your king. Your king comes to you having salvation, gentle, and riding on a donkey. So when we read this text here in Luke 19, it is a specific moment of fulfillment that these two disciples, I don't think they really knew what was happening. But what was happening was they had a purpose and a plan and a prophetic destiny to fulfill what God's plan was for them in it. Go and untie the colt. The fulfillment of Zechariah 9 and the exact day of Daniel chapter 9 was being fulfilled when we read it here in Luke 19. Absolutely amazing. You couldn't have figured that out. You couldn't have tried to put that together, no way. And what's interesting to me is that these moments come, and we are in one as a church. We're in one in history. Moments come of special significance. And we many times don't realize how important those moments and those days are. That they, that they go by and, and, and we miss them. Listen, every day is significant. You know what makes every day significant? You and I will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and it makes every second worth living. To be rewarded or to suffer loss. I don't want to suffer any loss. I want to be rewarded. Anybody else want to be How many of you like being rewarded? No, they, you have a purpose. Everybody say, I got a purpose. You have a purpose. These two disciples, I don't think they understood they were fulfilling Zechariah 9. You see, if we'll just obey God and embrace his purpose, what he'll do through us as a people, what he'll do through us as a church will be far-reaching in the fulfillment of prophetic destiny for our lives, for our region, for our territory, for our state, for our nation, and for the nations of the world. Now, do we have many people that ride here? I know, I know Brother Abraham rides horses. Anybody else ride horses? Has anybody ever tried to, well, I think we have a video. Do we have a video? Well, why don't you just dim the lights a little bit and show this if you would. <laughs> wow. Oh boy. <laughs> so Jesus calls for these two disciples to go understand what's happening. Calls for these two disciples to go get a donkey, a, a colt that's never been ridden on before. I think for us it probably would have looked like that. But Jesus, when he gets on it, it doesn't buck. It doesn't shuck. It doesn't freak out. You don't hear about him being bucked off. That The animal had peace. Kind of amazing. God can bring order to your life. No matter what kind of donkey or what kind of jackass you have been in the past. God can bring order to you. He can set your life straight. He can clean you up. He can order you. Come on. He can make your steps sure and true. No matter what difficulty. No matter what pain. No matter what dysfunction you've come out of. God can bring you peace. Come on somebody say hallelujah. 
Somebody shouted, you talking to my husband is what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe talking to you too. God can bring order to your life, and that's an encouraging thing for those that came into the church that didn't have order, that had chaos, that had, had bucking and rebellion. And he brings order to this donkey. And he uses these two disciples to bring it to pass. And I love the, how the, the, what, what Jesus tells them. when they, Now, this won't work if you're trying to get somebody's you know, Mustang car. In other words, you can't go rip off somebody's car and say, the Lord needs it. And that doesn't work anymore, but it worked here in fulfillment to Zechariah 9. So the owners come out and they're like, hey, that's mine. He says, well, the Lord needs it. And they're like, amen. I mean, what an anointing. I mean, they were there in this prophetic moment. You don't hear him say, what? The Lord needs what? How do you know the Lord needs it? What do you think? How do you know? Where is he? I want to see him. That's mine. I was going to. There's none of that. There's grace. And the cult is given over because the, the Lord had need of it. You know what? The Lord needs you. Are you calling me a donkey? We all got issues. We do. We all have issues. I was in a, a mandated discipleship program many years ago. And while I was there, we had the executive, the, the national executive come and speak to us of that discipleship group. And uh, he came and he shared this story about, you know, Jesus riding in on a donkey. And he said, uh, who do you think we are? I'm like, he says, we're the donkey. How crazy would it be if you, you know, I mean, you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to have your identity rooted, grounded in the word. You need to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, then you'll settle for far beneath what God has for you. Don't, don't settle for crumbs when he has the whole meal for you. Right. But if you don't know who you are, you won't know that you're welcome at the table. You won't know that you've got authority. You won't know you have power and you'll just hang your head low in shame and not walk in power, not walk in authority. You won't lay hands on the sick. You'll never flow in power. You won't boldly come before the throne of grace if you think of yourself as a dirt bag. You ain't boldly coming before God to ask him for anything. You'll hang your head in shame and hope that he just forgives you. Well, he does forgive you. And then he takes the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and he puts it on the inside of you. You become his house. And that you're grafted in and you're cleansed from the former sins, now used for noble purposes. And you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he gives you his righteousness. It's perfect. It's complete. It's not a righteousness that grows. He gives you, it's called imputed righteousness. So his righteousness he gives you, it's not the kind of righteousness that grows. Now, when you realize that, your own personal righteousness, sanctification process should grow, and you become more and more like him as you submit to him and quit putting cigarettes up in your mouth. I just use that as an illustration. I mean, <laughs> you've got to partner with him, you understand. Somebody says, cigarette smoke going to take me to hell? I don't, I'm not sure, but it'll make you smell like you've been there. Amen. Smile at your neighbor and say, man, he's not talking to me. Is he talking to you? Go ahead. <laughs> hey! <laughs> well, we're having fun today. Now, we're, we're, all, we're all basically like donkeys, but we're, 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 we're righteous donkeys. We humbly rock. If I can quote Pastor Timothy from years ago, we humbly are awesome. Because how crazy would it be for the, and, and there are people like this, you know, that Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and everybody's worshiping. And it could be, how crazy would it be for the donkey to be like, you know, that's right. I'm just here one night. 
You know, thank you. I'm here. Yeah. They're not, they're not worshiping you, you knucklehead. They're worshiping the one who's on you. You're just a mailman, a delivery boy. Come on. The, 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 the son of peace is on you. All right. And they praise Jesus for who he is in this text. And it's a picture of how joyful, of how praise really is. Now, this might be shocking to you, but with loud voices. They had a, first of all, their attitude was joyful. Minister uh, Micah, would you come, please? Minister Micah, are you in the room? Okay, how about Brother Toby? Jesus, are you here, Jesus? Jesus! All right, Janae, is Janae in the room? Let's all pray in tongue. Okay. Glory to God. They're, they're coming eventually. I'm sure they're taking care of something important. As soon as they arrive, would you send them to the platform, please? Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Thanks. You're awesome. Can you play keyboard? Okay, joyful, joyful praise. What kind of praise? Joyful praise. That's not a depressed praise. Psalm 149, turn there. Thank you, Minister Micah. You gotta play like something joyful. Okay. How many of you appreciate our beloved brother? He's awesome. It's a picture of how praise is. It's filled with joy. I've had people say, I can't go to your church, Pastor. I'm just like, oh, okay. So how about go to another church? I said, okay. Is there something wrong? Yeah. Well, what is it? You guys are like way too happy. <laughs> no, really. And I don't even know what to say. I mean, I, you know, I try to be sweet and kind and everything, but I'm just like, I wanted to apologize. Sorry, we're not more depressed. But, but I couldn't do it. I just thought, oh. <laughs> Joy, oh, here's a quote from my mama. Joy is the flag that flies from the heart that has Jesus enthroned. Mama taught me that in 1992. I was listening, I told you. Joy is the flag that flies in the heart that's got Jesus enthroned in it. Joy. You know what you never, you ever see an intercessor that's depressed? You want to run. There's not, in fact, that's like a contradiction. There's moments of burden and travail, but intercessors ought to be filled with joy. Joy. Joy is a picture of worship. Psalm 149, did you turn there? All right, let's get it up on the screen. Joy. It's an attitude of joy. You see this with Jesus on Palm Sunday, which is today. Praise to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song in the assembly of saints. Next verse. Let Israel rejoice in their maker and let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Verse 6. Go to verse 6. Thank you. Let the high... 
praises of God be in their mouth. The word high praises in Hebrew, Old Testament is written in Hebrew and a small section of the book of Daniel in Aramaic. So what you're reading is a translation of the Hebrew scriptures in English, mostly, unless you're Spanish or, you know, whatever language you might be reading it in. So the high praises, Tehela is the Hebrew. And it means a crazy, lose your mind, worshiping loud. There's nothing else you're thinking about but worshiping Him, praise. So it's not, it's, it's not, it's not just, you know, thank you, Lord, I love you, you're great. No, it's, 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 it's over the top. There's, there's nothing else on your mind. You lift your voice, and it can be loud, but it doesn't have to be loud, but it could be loud. It's loud in your heart. I mean, it's the only thing. It's a, it's a single-minded, undivided heart. The Father is seeking such that would worship Him in spirit and in truth. And when you get a hold of what real Tehillah-type worship is, you won't experience, until you get that, you won't experience the victory that is, that is purchased for you. To execute, oh, a double-edged, two-edged sword in their hand. To execute vengeance on nations. Vengeance on nations. Wow. And punishments on people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. We're not talking about normal, natural kings. We're talking about demon power. So when Jesus is riding the donkey into Jerusalem on that day, that exact day, that day that we call Palm Sunday, because I believe it's in the book of John, they begin to lay these palms out and they worship. Palms were a picture of, of revolt from the Maccabean Wars. How many of you heard of the Maccabees? The intertestamental period is a 400 year period between the Old Testament and the New. And the Maccabees were a family, of, that was their last name, the Maccabees, and they, they did a revolt and they drove out Rome and took the temple and they cleansed the temple. Rome was going to sacrifice a pig on the altar in the temple in Jerusalem. And they said, no, that, that's it. That, that's the, the, you're not doing that. And they rose up and they had this, this revolt. And palm, palm branches, palm fronds were a picture of that. So when you read the book of John and Jesus is riding in on the donkey and they start waving palm branches, that's what that's from. They're saying, oh yeah, he's here, the Messiah. The Messiah is here and he's gonna kick Rome out and he's gonna rule and reign. Yes, it's time for his kingdom to be released. They didn't understand though that he had to be the suffering servant of Isaiah chapter 53 before he comes to rule and the, before he comes to reign in the millennial reign and all of that. You pray for world peace all you want. Ain't gonna have any world peace until he splits the eastern sky and puts his foot on the on the the Mount of Olives, that's when we're going to have world peace. That's when he's going to level everything and he's going to remove every ungodly king and he's going to take one angel with one chain and wrap Satan up and throw him into the lake of fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and he's going to, he's going to rule and reign. He's going to do it. That's going to, the, 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 second ad, the, the second coming is coming. We're right in the tension between the two places. So when they're worshiping this loud, loud voices, there's clapping, there's dancing. That's normal. If you hate that here, you will hate heaven. If you can't stand when people are worshiping with all their heart. Now, I, I know that there are, there are folks, maybe not here this morning, but I have seen before 
People worship so that they get people to look at them. That's because they haven't been healed yet of people's, you know, it's performance uh, orientation. It's, it's wanting the acceptance of people and the attention of people because they really haven't understood that they've got the attention of God and they need a healing. And, and it probably comes from their primary relationships, which is brokenness with fathers and brokenness with mothers. And there's people that are not healed of being performers. I, I cannot stand, I'm just telling you, I can't stand performance worship. I, I, I mean, hate, I hate it. I hate it. In other words, when somebody's worshiping and singing so you can see them and they thank you, Lord. Yes. It's a stench, I believe, in the nostrils of God. That's why we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. There's no professionals here. We're just people that love the Lord. We try to be excellent at what we do, but we're not here to perform for you or perform for God. We're just here to worship Him. And, but it binds and looses. And these Pharisees are a picture. You know, tell your disciples to be quiet. It's a picture of Satan. Well, Satan will try to get you to shut your mouth. Just don't clap too loud. Don't say too much. Just be quiet. Hey, blind Bartimaeus, shut up. Stop talking like that. Quit crying out. Blind Bartimaeus cried out all the longer. I don't know why we call him blind because he ain't blind anymore. Now, the Pharisees, there is a religious spirit that'll try to get you to shut up, fold your hands, and quit being so excited about the Lord. Come on, I won't ask you to raise your hand if you have. Listen, if you if you if you worship God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and strength, it sometimes doesn't look cute. Just make sure it's sincere. We've stopped people that are doing something that's that's you know not the Lord. You know, on some kind of expositionist type thing. Looky, looky, looky me, looky, looky sugar cookie. You know. So which ones are those? I don't know. We, we kind of take it case by case. Not sure. I'll never forget. What was her, what was her name? It was on Kauai. Um, precious black sister. No. Uh, she had a cane. Lived kind of down by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was her name? Anyway, Teal. You remember Teal? Teal, this precious lady was like back, back, like middle church, middle rows, kind of back in there a little bit. Power God hit the church when we were worshiping. I will never forget what I saw. She had a cane. She, she shoved everybody out of the way. I'm, I'm watching this lady like, get, get out. Get, she's just moving everybody out of the way. When she hit the aisle, she busted into some crazy dance, threw her, threw her, her cane down. Do you remember that service? She threw her cane down. She's like, yeah! And she just went nuts. She got totally 100% healed. And while she's getting her miracle, I watched the rest of the church just be like. But it was the real thing. We didn't stop it and the power of God hit the place. Listen, if you get hungry enough, you don't care if you look like a fool. You get desperate enough. You don't, you don't, you don't care. You, you'd be willing to look like a fool in the face of your peers in order to be embraced in the arms of the master. Come on, I didn't come for some robe or some ring. I, I came to worship him in spirit and in truth. 
I'm not going to let anybody stop me. Don't you let anybody tell you to shut up or quiet down. Settle down. Settle down. Do you have to be so loud? Well, the disciples were. It's Palm Sunday. The Messiah has is, is come and died on a cross and rose again. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on, lift your voice and shout to God with a voice of triumph. Come on. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes! We give you praise. You may be seated. I'm almost done. Because the disciples, those who were worshiping, and John, they're laying down palm fronds and laying their coats down and worshiping the Lord. But the Pharisees, a picture of Satan, they want you to be quiet. They didn't understand what moment they were in. And we read it in verse 43. It says, you did not know the day of your visitation. Well, if you look at the Greek and study that out, he's not talking about some ambiguous day. He's talking about Daniel 9. He's talking about a specific day in history. And if you do the math, you figure it out. That's exactly when Jesus wrote in. He says, you didn't know the day out of Daniel 9 and verse 9, the day that the Messiah would ride in the Savior of the world, that you miss the day of your, you miss the day of your visitation. Listen, I, I don't want to miss any day like that. Say, what day is it? It's today. Every day. Don't harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Listen, your whole life, your whole rest of your life starts from today. Today is the first day in the rest of your life. I don't know what kind of a donkey you were in the past, but you can let Jesus come on the inside of you today, and you could be, have Him order your life and use you. And there's a special, there's a special judgment that comes. There's blessing and judgment in the gospel. You won't hear this preached either, because it's not warm and fuzzy. It's kind of like, whoa, that's kind of hardcore. Yeah. He says to his disciples, he sent them two by two by two out before him into the cities that he would go. And I believe it's in uh, Luke 10. There's two different places. Sends out the 72, sends out the 12, then he sends out the 72. And they go out and they, he says, go heal the sick, set the captive free. Freely you've received, freely give. Go to the house when you see, enter a house, say peace on this house. If a man of peace is there, then heal the sick, set the captive free, right? If a man of peace is not there, Shake the dust off your sandals, leave. It'll be worse for that city. See, in, in the gospel, in the good news, it lays it down. Either you receive him now or later you'll be held, held accountable for that and you'll be judged. And what Jesus prophesies here, he says not one stone will be on top of another. He prophesies the destruction of the temple, which took place. It took place years later. And for those that heard this and other scriptures and prophecies, they, they ran. And many of the Christians were spared, but the whole temple was destroyed. That This prophecy took place. I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss anything God wants to do in my life. Don't miss these moments that come in God. Amen. Did you get something? Very simple. Stand up on your feet. Come on, stand up on your feet and give a clap offering unto the Lord. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, I implore you. I plead with you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. 
There really is a place called hell. There really is, but it's not creative for you. And there's no reason you should go there. And it's not God's will for you to go there. But you've got to receive the free gift. You've got to repent and believe in your heart that God sent His one and only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You're going to live forever. Where you live is dependent upon who you choose to live for. You've got to receive Jesus. And if you've never done that today, those online, those under the sound of my voice, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, you want to make a recommitment to Him because you've drifted. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, that's me, Pastor Daniel. Good, lift your hand up. Where are you? You want to be included in this prayer. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. Wonderful. God bless you, sweetheart. I see that hand. Now listen, we never want to embarrass anybody. We want to protect people's dignity. But I do have a, I do have a theory, which is biblical. And Jesus said this, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I will deny you. And my theory is this. I'm going to ask you to come up and join me at the altar here for just a moment. And service is almost over. We'll just be another few minutes and we're done. If you can't do that, I, it's going to be very hard for you to live for him out there with a bunch of people that could care less and hate him. A bunch of people that love God here. If you raised your hand or you didn't, you know you need to be included. As soon as Minister Micah begins to sing, I want you to step out from where you're standing. There's others that are coming. Meet me right here. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Come on, brand new day. Somebody ought to put their hands together. I live for you alone. And every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Come on, come. Come on, come, there's room. Have your way in me. Lord, I give you my Come as close to my hand as you can. Just come all the way up here. There we go. I give you my soul. I live for you. I live for you alone. Holy Spirit. Every breath that I Come on, if you need to be up here, come right now. Every moment I'm away. Come on, don't be ashamed. Come if you need to come. Come right now. Activate the evangelist on the inside of you. Turn in a say in a moment. Turn and talk to the person to the right, the left of you, and say, are, "Are you are you are you saved? Are you going to heaven?" Not listen. If they already are, they'll just be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. But if they're like, "Uh," then you can say, "Come on, I'll walk down with you." You ready? You ready? That's a little awkward. Yeah, I know. But if we don't tell people, encourage people, how are they gonna know? All right, you ready? Ask the person on the right and the left of you. And then if they're hesitating, they're like, no, I, j just say, come on, I'll go down with you. All right, bring them on down. You got anybody? Come on. Come on, somebody need to come. Thank you, Jesus. Moment longer, we're going to pray this very simple prayer. All right. Wonderful. Praise God. Say right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place to rise again for the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart.
Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. And then I've got leaders who are going to just help you grow in the things of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these. Holy Spirit, I pray your touch. Lord, your healing, your blessing upon these. In the name of Jesus, Lord, fill them, strengthen them, and bless them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you all, just as a group, would you just head right over to this corner right here? Pastor Vince, would you just lead them for a moment? Would you just take a moment of your time? Put your hands together for these guys. Wonderful. Did you get something from God today? Did you get encouraged today? Come on. It's the greatest day to be alive. It really is. The prophet saw where we're living in and rejoiced. We're living in it. It's a great, great day. Don't miss tonight. Five o'clock, there's a prayer meeting. Hope that you can come and be a part of that. I'm going to preach at six. There's baptism. You got to sign up for that. Bring a change of clothes and a towel if you're going to be getting baptized. And remember, you got to be born again. So maybe you just prayed this prayer. You need to get baptized tonight. It'd be a good idea. All right. Uh, eggs, candy, all that stuff. Remember next Sunday. Everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday, Menard Sports Center. What time? 10 o'clock. We won't be here. There'll be signs on the door. We'll hope to see you there. We're packing the place out. It's going to be great. We love you. Let me bless you. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Oh God, lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tonight, Wednesday night. Revival continues.